How you going, everyone? This is episode two of Behind the Sport. Uh, I am Shane, and of course, Brent's over on the other camera. How you doing today, mate? Yeah, good, dude. Good, good to be uh, back in it and try to keep the energy going and all those cheesy sayings, but just generally keep at it. I think the um, once you start, you just got to keep going. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it's been a um, terrible week nationally, but we're we're all good and we've still got positive things to talk about. So let's do it. On today's show, we have Antonio Estudi, and we also have Kelly and Laura from the Perth Broncos. Uh, plus, we're having a quick look at a couple little things. Uh, so one of those things we'll chat about straight away is the BP All-Stars E-Series, which um, at the time of recording is actually going out right now. And that's got every single one of the supercars drivers participating in it in uh, one... Uh, way or another, but it uh, looks like all of them got their liveries done up um, and it's, I believe, on the iRacing platform. So um, you've been following that a bit at all? Yeah, a little bit in the build up to it. And um, a lot of the, you know, like uh, other national categories are, are doing similar. So it's all sort of building up to, you know, what we knew as the kind of well, what was the premier category in, in Australia, the supercars and seeing them battling out. And then all the little snippets leading up to it, you know, like um, uh, Scotty McLaughlin, um, you know, winning the the iRacing um, Indy League, taking that out. Yep. Uh, some of the guys stepping over into the F1 leagues. Um, then we've got the National Sports Sedan League that's been going and they're all just, people flocking to it. Because I, I think it's, yeah, they're like, they're racing almost weekly, these guys in some of these leagues and there's no maintenance. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's cool to see so much hype just being sustained, you know? Yeah, and look, a lot of the uh, drivers are also uh, throwing up videos of them doing you know, some cool shit with setting up the simulators and all that. And uh, Rick Kelly's actually um, continued on with their awesome social media build-up to the Supercars um, series this year with uh, some more behind-the-scenes footage. And he's actually built a simulator out of wood and a camping chair um, which, yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, someone like that, you know, could obviously afford something like, you know, the, a racecraft simulator or a next level, uh, simulator, but, you know, obviously doing something a bit different to have a bit of fun with. Did you, uh, check out that link at all and did you see that video? Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it's cool to see him use it as well. And, you know, I think it was, I'm very jealous of the workshop he's got at home there on the farm. Um, and see a little fella you know, hitting around on the, on the bike and that trying to help. It was kind of, kind of cool. Um, but yes, um, the equipment doesn't have to hold you back. And there's still a few guys in there, you know, just running like the G29, you know, a few hundred dollar steering wheels and against the guys with the big force feedback jobs. So yeah, I've actually uh, managed to get my hands on one, which should be delivered in the next few days with uh, loving thanks to, uh, KLB Systems and Leader Technology, they've uh, hooked me up with one for a bit of a bargain. So, um, yeah. Oh, we can... sick. You'll have to share. But, I'm, I'm keen. DJ's been helping me build one on the side. So. Yeah, well, yeah. look, it's, um, I'm probably going to go a little bit overboard with the actual uh, cockpit just because of being such a large human. But, um, the yeah, look, I'm looking forward to showing everyone how shit I am in these games. You know, like yesterday I was playing uh, Dirt 2, with a controller and the controller almost went ended up outside the window. So I decided it was time to actually get a, <laughs> get a wheel and try and do it a bit properly. But um, yeah, so uh, 
we'll move along a little bit. We'll, I'll, we might just show a couple of uh, snippets from the Kelly Racing, uh, How to Build a Racing Simulator with Rick Kelly and Andre Heimgartner uh, three-part series. And, uh, of course, we'll have some links to that as well. So check this out and uh, we'll be back with our first guest of the episode. Okay, now joined by Antonio Studi. He's a 19-year-old Australian driver who has uh, recently been behind the wheel of an S5000 at the Australian Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne, which unfortunately got cancelled. Mate, how are you? I'm good, thanks. A little bit um, bored is probably the way to put it. No more racing. Sort of got everyone going a bit insane, including myself, but I'm good, thanks. Haven't been doing any sim racing or getting into any of that sort of stuff, which everyone else has been doing? Yes, yes, I have, actually. Um, getting a bit too into it. At times, it can be frustrating. It's, a, it's another world, sim racing. So, yeah, no, I've been trying to work my way up on that, on the sim. So, um, we are just saying before you came on here that I was watching a bit of a clip of your um, dad, Sam, racing around the Adelaide Circuit Grand Prix being commentated uh, by the legendary uh, Murray Walker. And um, have you had any moments of throwing the, that steering wheel out of your simulator set up yet or are you keeping <laughs> yourself under control? Um, well, you can't detach the wheel, so no, not yet. I haven't found anything to throw, but <laughs> usually just a tantrum. <laughs> no worries. So, um, look, when we chatted uh, you know, a while ago, we did with a profile on you inside the helmet on uh, Drive Tribe. And uh, one of my favourite stories, which you repeated, was about your first ever go-kart race and uh, your competitive spirit. So um, do you want to run us through how that first race went and exactly what happened? Well, yeah, what I can recall from my first race was that for one reason or another, wasn't quite on the pace as young Antonio would have expected to be in his first ever competitive race. So um, three quarters of the way through, I find myself being caught quite quickly by the leaders of the race and I'd come into the pits. So dad and mum come up, come running into the, um, the pit garage asking me, why'd you come in? Everything all right? What's wrong with the cart? I simply responded by saying, oh, I just, I don't want to be lapped. I can't be lapped. So yeah, from early on, <laughs> had that really over competitive spirit. Now run me through what would happen if you actually did that now, you know, let's say you're out in an S5000 and you went, you know what, I've just been lapped um, and I'm going in the pits. What, what do you reckon would happen now if you were to do that? I think someone might throw a steering wheel at me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, I, I wouldn't put that past people uh, involved with the S5000 series. So, <laughs> you know. Especially um, dad, especially dad. Yeah. <laughs> look, um, I think he's got a pass for throwing wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think we might uh, try and fit a little bit of that footage in to this episode uh, at, the, at the end of our chat with you. I think that that would be probably perfect to round out this discussion. But yep. um, the, um, in terms of the, I guess, the Melbourne Formula One, uh, with everything going on, obviously got shut down partway through. Uh, you managed to get 10 laps out there, though, in the S5000. What do you think of those S5000s? 
oh, they're awesome cars. A lot quicker than what I'd come from in Formula 4. I think it's a good four, 500 horsepower up on the Formula 4. So there's limited traction with all that power and a reasonably hard compound of tyre. Um, they're not heavily aero-based cars, um, primarily so you can have close racing, unlike, say, the likes of Formula 1 where they struggle a lot with aero wash. Um, to drive, it, yeah, you know you're alive. That's the fastest car I would say I've ever driven. Just an awesome experience to be behind the wheel of that. Yeah, look, um, we had a chat with Michael Smith, the uh, Director of Commercial and Motorsport Operations for Motorsport Australia uh, earlier in the year, and and he was uh, pretty excited about the S5000 category. And look, I, I think it's a beautiful category. I think it's something that's been missing from Australian motorsport for a little while. You know, F4s were nice, um, but, you know, such a limited field. And, you know, hopefully with the interest in the S5000s, you know, we'll keep up, especially once we all start racing again. Because um, I can't wait to get deafened by those bloody things around the track. So I know yeah. um, Paul Brent hasn't had a chance to see them in person yet, but uh, I think he... No, I haven't... I haven't seen one in person. I've seen plenty of photos of the AGI stuff. Um, that they're amazing. And I'm, like, I'm a massive fanboy of the F5000. So to see a modern take, like a, a modern Australian twist on one as well, you know, it's, it's just cool. There's nothing um, nothing quite like it. And I think they will take off. Hopefully they'll take off. Like they're a true race car. You know, there's there's no limitations. But like you say, that there is some compromises with the harder tyre and, a little bit less aero than, than maybe an F4 even. But, um, yeah, they're just wild cars. That's what you want. Massive engines, overpowered, need a lot of skill to, to keep them tame um, yep. without blowing the tyres off them. So, yeah, I think it's be pretty wicked to see. And just hopefully, you know, like obviously the, the, the massive investment to get into one of those. So hopefully that doesn't hinder anyone. But Australia needs a, a premier class of... of um, open wheel racing that that your average don't want to be derogatory but your average v8 bogan will just love because as much as you or i love an f4 because we understand that the concept and the and the engineering and the, and the little turbo four pots that are in them and, and they're a wild engine in their own right the noise of those s5000s and like the old school f5000s just that raw sound like antonio's had the chance to drive on man that's you probably relay that it's you can't beat it but oh, that is a real car that's hardcore yeah. yeah no for sure and that's like what made the original f5000 so special is that they were just so raw and beastly like i have always been a fan of the f5000 since i was a little kid dad would take me to Sandown to watch the historics and you're just standing out back of the garage and as one's idling warming up it's just you can feel shaking your chest and even when you're uh, sitting on the grandstand as they all come thundering down they're just wicked so for me the prospect of driving a modern one was exciting because it was an opportunity to sort of be a part of what I had grown up with as a kid watching fanboying over and yes they are deafening they deafen me and they deafen the the mechanics and engineers who have to sit on the pit wall as they come thundering by, even with headsets on, they complain mm. about the noise. Oh, we can see awesome. that's what you want. If you, yeah, it's not a real race car unless it's too loud. 
So, yeah. so before I hand over to Brent, just to ask a few uh, other questions. A quick question about um, Rubens Barrichello and Giancarlo Fisichella. Did you get a bit of a chance to chat with them at all on the weekend or were they sort of kept apart from everyone else and, um, you know, treated, I guess, uh, with their, I guess, superstar status? I mean, look, I, I love Rubens. Um, I'm so devastated that I never got to see him race, but, yeah, did you get a chance to chat with him or not much? I spoke a bit with Fizzy. He was good. I didn't get a chance to speak of Rubens, but no, they were they were around the paddock and speaking of people, they were really good. Um, certainly, humble superstar status. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I think the cool part of my chat with Fizzy was it came after an on-track battle with him that I actually didn't realise I was with battling with him. I thought it was another driver, as the car was familiar from practice with another driver in it. And yeah. It turned out to be him, so that made yeah for interesting conversation. <laughs> Did you beat him? <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> well, unfortunately, no. Engine let go before I could, but we were having a good dice, yeah. Yeah. We'll just take that as it. You would have. Yeah, you would have. Yes, would Definitely come the race, I would have, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Brent, have you got any uh, questions for Antonio? Oh, man, you know, I'll always have oddball questions because I like the new generation of, of pro drivers coming through but um so like you see all the you know the guys driving the big boy stuff and the touring car drivers and that they're, they're massive into their fitness and um you know they're they're obviously huge online profiles so we get to see all that but drivers that that are doing what you're doing that they're flying under the radar but yet still like f4 program you had three wins last year a couple of wins last year um what do you do for your fitness is it full on at that level as well well, funny you say that. Um, the preparation for S5000 didn't actually start until very late as we were aiming to compete in something else, which was more endurance-based. So as a driver, you still have to work on everything. But myself, with this year's prospects looking to have been endurance, so it was a lot of that preparation. And then the last-minute call-up came for S5000. And myself, not being the world's largest person, needed to build a bit of upper body strength because they are quite beastly cars to drive. So fortunately enough, I have got a home gym set up and credit to Formula 4 and CAMS. We had a training camp up at the Bond University in Queensland, which sort of set me on the right path in terms of looking after myself and training. And I've had a fitness trainer of myself who's helped a lot. So... Yeah, I think you need to really manage yourself well, especially during these quiet times because that's where it's easiest to lose motivation. But yeah, driving a car like the S5000, that is a proper workout. And yeah, someone little like me needs to keep on the ball to keep the car on the ball. So from like a, a, a sprint, what you call a sprint style race in a beastie car like the S5000 versus an enduro in a tin top, you know, GD car, um, is that the, the main difference, just the strength versus the being able to just deal with the temperature and the and the focus for that longer duration? Is that where the difference is in, in what you'd work out at? Yeah, for sure. Like driving the Aston, or I've driven an Aston Martin GT3 yeah. car in the past, and the one thing I noticed was was the cockpit temperature. That was the first tin yeah. top I'd ever driven, and that was the main difference to anything else. And driving the S5000, they have 
fairly heavy steering being such a big car and with all the power the car moves around a lot so you have to muscle it and especially at a circuit like uh winton where there's a lot of tight corners and quick corners it's pretty technical track winton yeah yeah so um it's a workout but yeah you have to prepare for it and is it with obviously the whole worlds and this it's just crazy we can't even talk about that it's just staying the positive stuff what what communication has been going on with the um s5000 guys like what's the forecast out everyone is still just laser focused on on getting more stuff built and getting the teams ready um or is it sort of a holding pattern at this point um they've been keeping us well up to date unfortunately i think not only s5000 or motorsport i think it's the world where the future is pretty uncertain so they're pretty optimistic in getting some racing going for this year or to end the year however the details of which are fairly uncertain at this point hopefully something happens but it'll be a challenge for everyone with business and motorsport alike in the same situation yeah and that's that's a hard thing i suppose the business motorsport being such a financially vested game um it'll make it hard but on the positive things we've, we've got a program like that in, in australia so it's wicked um the other thing i noticed that you, you you're a massive fan of a lot of the older um jdm stuff i suppose you call it the old nissan stuff yeah. i'm like man half of my fleet is is jdm um my sports sedans jdm based so like is, is that something you have in your own collection or your own like is your own personal car an old an old nissan or are you or are you sliding towards like are you what are you into old nissan wise is it the, is the old perry correct stuff or the the hot boy stuff or drifting or what's what's your take on it what's your influence i like there? everything um i'm a bit into everything however personally i do have an r31 it's an 86 we model could... so series one it was owned by an elderly gentleman who yep. due to age couldn't drive it anymore so got traded into a country holding dealership and from there a car yard purchased it and moved it on to me so that's a factory manual fair when i got it was fairly standard now it's getting all the little nice bits but yeah period correct is sort of what i'm going for it's got some cool japanese wheels on it oh it's so, little mishies or long champs or something cool like that they've got a long name crimson linear sport oh, yeah. crimson utmost racing saucer so nice. <laughs> it's an aero wheel it's cool yeah so, nice <laughs> of the yeah, japanese yeah. names for everything <laughs> all the old tuning parts but um yeah that's just a thing on the side which i've been able to invest some time into now that there's no motorsport so. oh cool oh wicked and um i suppose the last one i got for me like I noticed locally that there, even though most motorsports can, there's still some private highs going and some of the karting still going on. If you dip back into the cart, well, you've been up, you know, cause with carts, it's easy. You can access, once you're a member, you can access the track for, you know, for practice relatively easily. It counts as exercise. You're underneath the number limits with this, the COVID bands. Is that, um, is that something you've done as well to keep, keep pointed? Unfortunately, I can't speak on the rest of the tracks, but I know my local kart club is closed. Uh, the Go-Kart Club Victoria. So, no, as much as I want to, I can't. So, I have I have been missing plucking some gears. I've got a K2 
KZ2, which is what I last raced, 125 six-speed car, which is just as lively as the S5000, I'd say. But yeah, no, unfortunately, haven't been able to get out on track. No, wicked man. Well, that's um, excuse Matt just came running in to tell me he's been making some rainbows out of his uh, Hot Wheels. Um, this wicked my little boy. Hopefully, soon he'll be into. We just got him a quad um, and a motorbike, so hopefully soon he'll be into into carts, or he'll he'll make the right decision and go play golf or tennis or something, and not even yep. <laughs> waste all my money on cars because he'll probably be as hopeless as I I was. Um, but no, wicked man. And what's so outside of it? Like you're obviously on a wicked trajectory of your career because you've, you know, had such good success with the AGI guys with their fours and um, what's what's the ultimate end goal? What do you want to go to? Like professional driving. I absolutely love endurance racing, as you can probably tell by the little Merc. Yeah. Oh no, my coordination is out fish. of work there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the fish. <laughs> um, by the Merc up there. Far I'm going to give up on that. Um, <laughs> You're the left. <laughs> it's not you just run with your mirrors taped up in the race car, don't you? There we go. That one up there. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I love endurance racing. So the ultimate dream would to be to race and win at Le Mans in the outright yeah, class or anything really. So that's the dream. However, I am fairly realistic when it comes to a career in motorsport as it's not easy so i would love to be able to race anything really and call it a job like that would be a dream in itself whether it be locally mm. v8s indycar dtm anything really all yeah. motorsport sort of gets me excited wicked and what are you doing um, are you studying at the moment are you um working are you training or, or what are you doing otherwise to, to help with all that aside from all of the motorsport the training and all of the behind the scenes business to get on track because that's the hard part mm. um i'm working at the moment however i would like to soon obviously at the moment it's a bit of an interesting time but i'd like to begin studying to stay within motorsport through the business and marketing side of things so like as a driver managing myself and marketing myself since young through karting and now into cars i've developed a small passion for that side of things as well because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes the the business side of motorsport so that's something i would like to fall back on if i don't end up driving or if my time of time as a driver runs out no that's weird yeah you gotta have have something there to back up you've always got something to fall back on and and a lot of people that um even guys that uh, build cars or even just race locally, they don't realise the, the amount of work and, and project management and everything that goes into the, the whole package. It's not just one part of it. And you can be cashed up to buggery, but then you can't manage a project to, to make the whole team work, especially at the level you guys are at. So, um, yeah, it's good to, good to hear, man. It's, it's wicked. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's full on. <laughs> don't realise behind the scenes on this, like yourself, you you're involved and you have to deal with it all yourself. Yeah. And yeah, like outside of cars, like your, your group of mates that you hang out with, are they all ex carters and stuff as well? Or are you just, are they completely three parts removed and it's like having bipolar when you're trying to, you know, they, they might have cool cars, but they just don't understand that next step it takes to, to get on the track and then to be competitive at a national level. Is it kind of, do you find feeling 
like you're having these weird sideways conversations where you're just like, oh, you just don't bring it up because they don't get it? Or you're with that, a group of guys that are in the same, same scenario as you? Uh, my group of guys, as you said, they've got some pretty cool cars. Um, not entirely motor, from motorsport backgrounds. They do have passion for motorsports. So we sort of keep it to the, the road car talk every now and then. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, they are more hot boys, as you yeah. put it. <laughs> so yeah, don't yeah. don't get to um get my kicks talking about brake markers or <laughs> gear change gear change points with them. Small. And they get sick of going to high carts with you and you're just smoking them by three laps and they all pull in because they don't want to get overlapped anymore. <laughs> well, we went, we went once and I think that's enough to say we haven't been again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, certainly that's on the cards again. Yep. Yeah, sure. So quick cool, man. I'm going to test your uh, coordination skills with your shelf behind you. So oh, you've, no. got a, you've got a couple of trophies I can see. There's one uh, next to your fish tank. And then there's another one which looks like a carding one. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Yep, and that's yep. the carding one. Yep. So what are they from? That one there is my first carding trophy, a third place at the Go Kart Club Victoria. So that that's a cool little memory for me, hopping up on the podium for the first time. The other one was oh, there we go. That's yep. from a carding event at Geelong, uh, the Val and Joyce Finlay Memorial. So that's up there because it's. Probably my favourite looking trophy, I'd have to say. Yep. Yeah. And besides your uh, Merc behind you, what else have you got up there? Really oh, there's, little, <laughs> there's, there's an F40 up there. So I like that. That would be a car I definitely want to drive. I can't remember who drove it now. Jackie's Lafitte. There was a cool video on board of him driving it where you can just hear the turbo crackle noises on and off. So, yeah, those two are probably cars I'd really love to have a steer around an awesome circuit. Fantastic. All right, mate. Well, uh, we'll let you go. And thanks for joining us. Um, hopefully, yeah, we'll get a chance to see you out on track and um, be able to I guess get you back once you've been out on track and you know, hopefully get some footage and stuff and be able to throw that in. But um, for now, uh, yeah, big time. Um, so for now, though, your sponsors sticking by you through this time, which is fantastic. So you know, who are your main sponsors you'd love to give a bit of a yell out to? Yeah, for sure. I can't race without them. Um, recently, we've had uh, AFC Business Solutions come on as a primary sponsor. They were on the side of the car at the Grand Prix, which been on the side pod really nice. Also, Green Planet Solutions. They make all nutrients for or growing solutions. So without supporters like them, I can't be on track racing doing what I'm doing. So big thanks to them. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, look, we'll try and slot in that little bit of footage of uh, see your, your dad Sam throwing his steering wheel. I just purely love the cut. Look, the video, the Murray Walker commentating on it is just uh, what makes it for me, you know. I mean, yep. Obviously, the, the, yeah, seeing the old cars out there, but you know, Murray Walker was definitely the king of the commentator's curse. Um, and although we don't see any of that in this video, uh, we definitely get a chance to hear uh, his voice, which is fantastic. So... Thank you again for joining us and uh, have a fantastic evening and we'll catch off with you later on. No problem. Thank you very much for having me guys. Yeah. Hopefully see you over in Perth soon. If you do, we'll we'll get you out in some functional hot boy cars on the track. Yes. Yes. I think that's the key thing I'm trying to teach my friends is that function is key. (laughs) 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. We will be right back after this. Simon Kane just drives past Astuti. Now he's been trying, trying, trying all through this race, and all of a sudden he makes it look very easy. I think Astuti must be in trouble the way he's dropping I back. I think he's got gearbox problems. You know, I mean, he, uh, the way he's dropping back, he, he, I heard him miss a change before, which I commented on. When he came out of the hairpin, Kane just passed him too easily, and I think he's definitely having gearbox problems. Yes, look down from the helicopter at the enormous gap now between Simon Kane. Number five in the Rolt, and the unfortunate Sam Astuti there in the Romano Holden. He came up through the field from fifth position on the first lap, up into an excellent third place on lap three. Then he was second on lap seven, held it through to lap ten, and now he's sliding back. And there is the race leader, champion Rowan Onslow. I think Asturi, I was just going to say, I think Asturi's just about to pull over. I may have a correction with that gearbox. It sounded like fuel pickup to me. It, um, it was missing, and he doesn't look a very happy boy at all, does he? Now, Alan, I know a lot of viewers are puzzled that uh, the drivers, like Eddie Cheever, when he crashed in the Formula One practice today, and now Astuti, throw the steering wheel away. Why, they say, do they take the steering wheel away? Well, it's obviously a new thing to do. Um, of course, the reason that they can detach those wheels is the modern Formula open-wheeler car, the cockpits are so small that they literally have to take the steering wheel out to get in, then they put it back on and they have to take it off to get out of the car. Now, these guys are all revved up, they've been here, they're all hyped up, they're looking forward to a good race, and of course, when they're faced with uh, disappointment like that, it would appear that the steering wheel's the first to go. Rightio, so before we have the girls join us, uh, just wanted to share something which... Uh, has just popped up from one of the WA officials who's been watching the um, eSports series of the supercars. It's um, a little bit unfortunate, but it's uh, Nick Perkat and Todd Hazelwood's uh, screen from uh, BJR. And uh, they've shortened his name to Todd Haswood. So I think that's a little bit unfortunate, but um, yeah, maybe they might fix that up next week. So uh, yeah. What's I wonder if anyone else has picked up on that yet, that he's, he's um, <laughs> that Todd has wood in the mornings. Todd has wood. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that's um, sometimes, I guess, the uh, sim racing side of things, you know, when you've got to shorten your names down, uh, can can have some, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Have side. you seen some of the carnage coming through from it? Like, it's hilarious. No, not some yet. The, I'm not. just seeing memes coming through already of... Um, <laughs> Carnage from the the uh, um, esports. Yeah, look, I think we might um, try and grab it. Might try and see if there's anything we can grab quickly uh, in in between the next interview. But um, the other thing as well that I want to touch on is that uh, James May's pub quiz is happening tonight. Now that's uh, three a.m. Uh, West Australian time, which is a bit unfortunate, but uh, I thought I'd just mention it because they did a bit of a test the other day. And um, apart from watching James drinking some wine, um, it was fun to watch him actually grappling with uh, the technology. So, is that true? Here's a little bit of a snippet from that. I think we are. Yes, we're on round one. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Sorry about that temporary evacuation of the pub. It happens. Uh, let's call it a false fire alarm. Um, we're in round one. General knowledge, and over to you, Rachel Fox. 
So, question one. So, uh, yeah, I'll stop it there because I don't want to give away any of the questions and answers just in case uh, people do watch. But, um, yeah, it's it's funny to see, you know, like even someone like James May is getting on the, you know, live entertainment bandwagon uh, in times like this. So, um I don't know if I'll be up at 3am to participate in that, but uh, if I am, I'll certainly let you guys know how it goes. Um, otherwise, yeah, we'll grab some um, some of the best moments and show those next week, that's for sure. But uh, now we're going to head onto the football field and get Kelly and Laura from the Perth Broncos on and have a bit of a chat about Gridiron and what those two have been up to with their newly formed YouTube channel, which um, special is the uh, best description I think we can say for that. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back and we are joined by Kelly and Laura, aka Struth, from Perth Broncos. How are you doing tonight, ladies? Hi, we're going well. Now, look, um, I just want to get this off the chest first. You two have launched a fantastic new YouTube channel, and it goes under the name of Kelzord and Struthosaurus. And um, so far, you've got three pretty wacky videos up, um, which we will link at the end of this, I think, and show show people what to expect. What, What gave you guys the idea to decide to start doing a YouTube channel? Look, Shane, great question. But we just were roaming around the house being hilarious, as we usually are. And we thought, people must miss us. Yes. So let's just do everyday tasks and film it and just be ourselves and show our mates so they don't miss us too much. Give the world what they're asking for. Yeah. Everyone needs a little Kelly and Struth in their life. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Get him. That's not my fault. That's not your fault? Yeah, we might have a pack of, mm. pack of dogs out there. <laughs> so now you're being all left alone. <laughs> is, it, is that what we call teammates? No? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're teaching them how to play. Next season's going to be great. I don't know how to make them be quiet. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Snacks. That's Snacks on YouTube. It works for my kids. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bluey just got home. Ah. I'm so sorry. Bluey as in, like, my favourite cartoon? No, not that Bluey? Yeah, yes, that one. one He lives here, yes, with us. (laughs) My boy would be so stoked if he knew that he lived in Perth. (laughs) (laughs) So, look, um, Kelly and Laura are two of the players from the Perth Broncos, and I've recently gotten myself involved with that team uh, being their photographer last year slash um, sideline bitch. Um, and, um, yeah, look, it was, it was good times last year and uh, I was just wrapped up the awards and everything like that. And this year I decided to do something silly and join the board. Um, hello. Um, <laughs> how long have you ladies been involved with Perth Broncos? Um, so I moved to Perth in 2017 and there was, um, no women's football here at the time. And so, sorry, I moved here in 2016 and no women's football. Um, and then in 2017, the women's league started 
Um, and so I was heavily involved in helping that and joined the Perth Broncos as we started the first women's league. So I've been there sort of from day one with the women. Um, so that was 2017 was when I started. And I just wanted to run at people and I joined in season two. Fantastic. (laughs) Now, um, I can't, I'm so bad. I can't remember the award that you won, uh, Struth, at the awards night. What did you, what player award did you win last year? The last season? I think think it was fourth best looking. Fourth best looking? (laughs) For sure. Yeah. 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 And that was it. But I, I also got players player and defensive MVP. Yes. Okay, cool. And um, so the sport of gridiron isn't very well known that it's actually played in Perth. Um, I guess now's a little bit of a chance, you know, to what, what drives you ladies when you're playing gridiron? Like what's so cool about gridiron and why should more play? Everything. Yeah. Um, so for me, I've, I've, well, both of us, we've always played sport for our whole lives. Um, and I made the switch to American football after my AFL club, um, folded and it was just literally like the best thing that had ever happened to me. Like, um, I started training and I started playing and I was just blown away that I'd never found this sport before. Um, I love absolutely everything about it, the contact level, the mind games, the every single play, everyone has a job, everyone has something to do. And I just absolutely love the sport more than I can even express. It's the best thing ever. Everyone should play. Uh, and obviously being on the sidelines, I've seen how passionate you are about the game. Uh, <laughs> both, uh, involved with the under-19s team and then obviously watching the from the yeah. sidelines with the men's. Um, and so, look, I, I think it's, you know, it's awesome to see, you know, um, you know ladies been out there playing such a, you know, amazing game of football. Um, I, I'm constantly in awe when I'm watching and taking photos and um, I think I end up taking more photos of you ladies playing and that's just purely from the action level. Um, you know, some harder hits and... I was actually looking at a photo which uh, I will throw into the, um, into the into the screen. It was of uh, Struth actually one of the first games I took photos at, tackling a player and dragging that player out of the play, and there's you know dirt flying up everywhere and that. And you know you look at I guess Struth in this uh, setting here, and yeah, she looks so sweet and innocent, but um, <laughs> once that helmet goes on, yeah, completely different uh, mentality. So yeah. Uh, yeah, do you find that across all the players, like they've all got, you know, when they put their helmet on, they're a lot different to how they are out of the helmet? Some not, but I think some people are just better at keeping that competitiveness, like, more contained. I know we're not. Mm. Um, but you've got to, everyone's got a certain level of mental toughness that they need to play because otherwise you would quit and walk away after one training session. Yeah. And you've got to be switched on. Like you're not only physically exhausted after a game, but you've really got to think about everything that's going on. So you're mentally cooked as well. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it, um, it's really hard to find what drives each individual, but once you can unlock that and you can work out what somebody needs to be successful, um, the potential is like, 
there's no ceiling to it. Um, you know, everyone has something different that they need that drives them to get out there and just have that competitive, aggressive edge to them. And you find that and you unlock it and the potential is amazing. It's so good. Now, before we head over to the, uh, to show a bit of a clip from one of your YouTube videos, um, Brent, being, I guess, someone who's probably not so up with the local gridiron season and teams and that, uh, have you got any questions for the ladies? Oh, man, it's, it's, it's not hard for me, but it's kind of weird because most people don't um, follow gridiron or American football or what do you want to call it. Um, I don't follow Aussie rules. Being a Kiwi that lived, you know, central Queensland and then Darwin and um, coming down here, it's I'm just never been an AFL guy. And growing up in a union mad country, it's sort of, you don't get to see much much football. I actually watched baseball for the first couple of years. I lived in Perth just because the company I was working for at the time sponsored one of the baseball teams. And so you sort of get immersed in that American culture a little bit more. Um, what, what are the, what are the Broncos doing to um, try to get more people into this sport? Because it is an interesting sport. Like a lot of people don't like the, the I watch a lot of, I got a mate's workshop with that. He's a mad fan. So we watch a lot of games online, extremes, a lot of games. And for people that don't understand the amount of chess, I suppose, or yeah. the um, uh, strategy that goes into it, that's what I find cool. I end up buzzing out on that more than watching the game itself. So, how do you try to explain that to someone that's just used to a kick and run typical AFL type thing where everyone's just get the ball at the front, keep running, keep running. There isn't, I mean, they have strategies, but it's not set like a, like mm. gridiron has, it's pretty tactical, you know, like it's kind of cool when you get behind it. Yeah. I think um, that's one of like my favorite parts of the game and I think it really depends on who the player is that you're trying to get involved in the sport. Like a lot of people that play it don't even really know that side of the game or understand what's sort of going on. Um, they're just there to like run around and do their job and have heaps of fun. So it really depends on like how you want to sell it, um, how you explain the sport. So a lot of the times when we have, you know, like a come and try session or an open day, we want people running around and having as much fun as possible so that they don't get overwhelmed with all the technical stuff that they might not understand and they just have a really fun time. So they'll come back next week. Um, and then as you kind of develop your team and you get people committed, that's when you start to like really explore the levels that the game has and the different schemes that are involved and all that chess match type of stuff. And that's when you really start to get that football IQ developing and getting people to understand why they want to do something instead of just going through a drill 15 times with no real understanding why. They start to learn like, oh, I need to go and block this person so the person behind me can go and run the ball or whatever it might be. So it's really, um, it's a long process to get to the point where people start to fall in love with that chess match. Um, but once they get there, they have such a new appreciation of the sport and it takes on a new meaning. Um, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah, it's really cool when you start. Like I remember when I first joined, my brain melted. <laughs> Not just for one session. It was like 
for a few, and I only joined maybe two weeks before the season started. So I was just like, it'll go and play. And I was like, but how? <laughs> and it's so much fun watching people's brain melt now when I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know what coach is saying, but you're new. And everyone's like, what? But you start learning like what you can do to make someone else's job easier. And it's a real family. Like we absolutely adore everybody especially our teammates, but everyone at the club, including you, Shane. <laughs> and, like, there's not much we wouldn't do for each other on the field. So when you start learning, like, oh, if I can do my job better, then Kelly can run the ball and we'll get more yards, we'll get a touchdown. Yeah, it's easier to kind of accept your jobs and start learning them then. Yeah. So um, your YouTube videos. Yes. I'm going to jump across to that now. Um, Excellent. <laughs> um, now, we've got a couple here. How to train your new dog, how to dye your hair, and how to use a kiln. And I'm going to go to yes. sort of how to dye your hair video um, because it is not how to dye your hair at Welcome all. Welcome back, viewers. <laughs> this is Kelsord. Nailed it. And we are back today to teach you how to train your new dog in three easy steps. <laughs> Let your dog bite you as much as he or she wants. Don't get them chew toys. Don't let them teeth on anything else. Let them just go at it on your flesh. <laughs> there we go. Yes, good boy. <laughs> yes. Look, I don't want to give out too much more from that. Uh, <laughs> look, I guess um, this is probably the best way for, for you two to keep yourselves busy without the. Uh, oh, hey, someone's phone's ringing. Uh, without the uh, happening. So, because um, because you ladies, would, would you ladies have been involved with the uh, WA Raiders, both of you, or uh, hello, kitty? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, WA Raiders, were you two both going to be involved with that this year, or it's, uh, you're not sure? Yes. <laughs> so I was actually um, the chair of the WA Raiders committee. Um, involved in organisation of the entire tournament or like the Raiders side of the tournament um, and managing the women's team. So I was heavily involved um, and Struth was trialling as a player, I guess, um, but was most likely yeah, going to play as well so, and I was going to play as well. So, yeah, we were both, um, you know, training twice a week, um, focusing on being in the gym a lot and doing what we needed to perform and play at the the state level so yeah we were both heavily involved yeah you way more than me <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll, we'll finish it up um just don't want to keep you lovely ladies from making more videos of uh your antics um <laughs> have you guys got a message for the you know the, i guess the broncos players other people you know friends family random people um you know feel free Look, we just really miss all of our Broncos family and we hope everyone's keeping sane yeah. as much as they can. Yeah. Video call each other, FaceTime, whatever it is. Like, yeah. just keep in contact with each other. Like, you know, don't get bogged down too much in your own brain and reach out and 
you know, keep socializing, but socializing from your own home. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, ladies. Do you ring ring the other teams and flip them off? (laughs) (laughs) Good idea. Yeah. But no. You don't don't ring out the Vipers and just say, Um, no. No. I would be. (laughs) <laughs> last that question. I found this random playbook from the from the Blitz. Just yeah, use this and it'd be completely off, and just have it heaps of crud in there. Good idea. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and start mind, start mind screwing them. Get into it. Alrighty. Well, thanks for joining us, ladies, and uh, we'll no doubt catch up with you guys again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See, See you later. Bye bye. Rightio, so that was the uh, Laura and Kelly from Perth Broncos. If you want to find out more about the gridiron in Australia, make sure you search for Gridiron Australia or Gridiron West if you are in Western Australia. And, of course, Perth Broncos if you would like to see what an awesome team looks like. And that is not because I'm on the board and biased or anything like that. Um, So I'm just going to switch across to something from the... Uh, Supercars esports that's been going on. Uh, this was the start of Monza, and um, full credit to Supercars for the footage for this from iRacing, and of course to all the teams involved. Please don't sue me for using this. Trouble? That's not Check trouble. Check this out. This is trouble. Bang! The Irwin car goes off left, back off to the right. Damage to Todd Hazelwood's rear as well. Then they get to turn one. Scotty McLaughlin looks like he's in trouble just for getting on two wheels. No, no, this is trouble. Bang, bang, crash, everything. Absolute carnage. Lost it, got tangled up in there. Fabian Coulthard's in the background in the Shelby car racing entry. And then it's on again because varying cars have got different levels of damage. Some can turn, some can't steer. Wings missing. There's a metalwork cuddling going on through there. Upside down. Watch him soar into the air. So, Heimgartner got airtime, and this is bright. Bang! Pirouette lands. <laughs> Carnage. That's not trouble. Yeah, look, I think, um, yeah, this is this is great, great for uh, the fans, I reckon. It's. Uh, uh, I think you'll see people, and like, so there's. It's like one of those promotional or not promotional, um, you know, the guys that try to get people G'd up. Gary Vaynerchuk, he's been spruiting for years that esports will be the next big thing. And, you know, people paying to watch people play sports online because it's that good now. The services are that good. The qualities are good. Like even me just watching that, I was like, hold, you could see it all happening. It's like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I'm into it for sure, dude. And, um, yeah, wicked show tonight. It was cool. Yeah, look. Um, obviously, uh, we've you know, we had um, Antonio on first, and you know, great great youngster, and um, you know, had the pleasure of back in March, uh, early March, having a bit of a chat with him to do a bit of a profile for Drive Tribe, and um, you know, just so passionate, and you know, what he says about you know marketing himself and being able to push himself, you know, so many drivers, um, you know, as they're coming up, they don't do that, and they um to sort of end up in in the nowhere land um yeah and then you've got other drivers that really market themselves well and um you know like adam marjoram is probably a perfect example of um someone who's you know managed himself and his social media and his fans and interactions so well um you know and obviously he's not 
well, no one's racing, but you know, he was he obviously retired this year. Um, but uh, yeah, one day we'll we will get him on the show, um, even if we were to go, you know, hog time and to a chair and put a webcam in front of him. But uh, yeah, we'll get him on to have a bit of a chat, hopefully next week. Um, but yeah, look, um, I'm I'm looking forward to getting my own sim up and running, and again showing everyone how crap I am. And I believe you're going to be getting a simulator built and doing the same. Yeah, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to circumnavigate and buy a really good one straight off the bat. But um, we might have to settle for something a bit low key in the meantime. There's just a short. You can't buy anything at the moment. There's no yeah, there's no gear available, so that's that's the hard part. But no, was, tonight was really good, man. Antonio was just a really good dude. Like he he. I've, I've talked to a few guys that have been at that level and F4 and, and some of the national programs and the, the younger guys that they're very privileged to be where they are. They're extremely talented. Like, man, if I had half the talent that any of them had, I'd, I'd be flying. But um, Antonio was just a really down to earth, just a nice guy to talk to. Like it was kind of refreshing that he was just, just a good dude. And then um, Callie and Struth with the, the Bronco stuff, they just, they're as cheesy as you see in the photos. They're just nice, happy, like just lunatics. They, they're just fun. Like I want to go play gridiron and get bent in half just because they look like a fun bunch of people to hang out with. Um, those two are in fact, I'm a gangly, overweight, unfit mess. I'll just get hammered, but they just look like fun. So to have such just normal, rad people on was kind of cool. Yeah. And look, uh, yeah, hopefully next week, um, yeah, we'll have, uh, have the Marge on. Um, unfortunately, we're hoping to have him this week, but uh, life gets in the way of things sometimes. So hopefully he'll be here on the next episode. And uh, yeah, we are up on uh, Spotify. Uh, iTunes, I believe, have finally accepted us. Um, damn. <laughs> uh, no, that's good. Um, and of course, SoundCloud, YouTube, and you can obviously yeah catch up on all the last episode. This episode and all future episodes, make sure you subscribe. Um, make sure you check out uh, you know, the sponsors and that. Um, shout out to Gourmet Box of Love. Um, lovely Natalie dropped off today to me a little gift, uh, which was lovely of her. It was a bit of an Easter present. All contactless, of course, dropped at the front door and then she ran off to make sure that, uh, you know, social distancing and everything like that. Um, so yeah, if you want to support a small business uh, with some treats for your loved ones, make sure you head on over uh, to check out her page. Uh, anything else from you, Mr. Lux performance? No, just happy hours trying to keep the, keep the enthusiasm up and, and keep the positively going. Um, like I said, man, I was just stoked to, to get a chance to FaceTime with Antonio. Um, it's just wicked to see someone like 19, so 20 years younger than me um, have such a passion for the S five thousands. And because of the F five thousands, which they're like, to me, they just, they mecca, you know? Um, so it's just wicked to see that the youth and the talent coming through are just that keen on, on hot rods. Cause it's like S five thousands are just ridiculous. If you try, if you wrote it down on paper, what would make a perfect race car? It wouldn't be an S five thousand because they're just monsters. So that's, that's wicked for me. Like that turns me on. That's cool. Fantastic. And on that note, now that we know what turns you on, uh, it's time to go. Have a fan right. evening and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Catch you next time. Cheers, dude. Ciao.
Thank <laughs> you.